0: Hello and welcome to the Code Youngstown podcast. My name is Neil Primer, and joining me today is Chris Harwell. Hi. Uh, and our guest for this month is Anthony Hake. Anthony, could you take a moment to introduce yourself?
1: Sure, I'd be pleased to. Do. Uh, I'm Anthony Hake. I'm the director of IT over a little nonprofit on the south side of Youngstown called the Oak Hill Collaborative.
0: Excellent. Uh, so, you know, what can you tell us about uh, the Oak Hill Collaborative and your role there? Sure. The, uh, the Oak Hill Collaborative
1: has a long history, uh, at least to us. We've, we've done a lot. We've seen a lot. Getting our uh, be- humble beginnings over at the St. Patrick's Church, where originally our focus was neighborhood revitalization. We would purchase uh, derelict properties throughout Youngstown. Um, beautify them, clean them up, tear down any you know unsavable buildings, add green spaces to the area, and either redistribute these properties or hold on to them and maintain them with the goal of making the south side a more habitable place. Um, since then, we have been a maker space. We still are today. Uh, we've been a business incubator, at least for small business and one-man operations. Uh, we're no longer doing that, as a side note. We have uh, always been kind of a community center in that we're, um, we're an epicenter of other nonprofits, other organizations who like to meet here and hold events here to kind of, you know, um, we're, we're the catalyst for community action in a sense that we kind of enable other organizations to do what they do best, which is help people. Um, and then just recently, I would say about three years before the pandemic hit, we started to take a real interest in a socioeconomic issue called the digital divide. And this is something that we are still all about today. The digital divide for those who do not know is a, uh, it's an issue for people because it is uh, they're, they're missing out on opportunities. They're missing out on quality of life um, features because You know, they don't have access to the Internet, or they do, and they don't know how to take advantage of it. So as a result, while those of us who are more technically inclined are using our phones to look up jobs, are using our computers to, you know, put together budgets at home, other people who are not, you know, up to speed on these technical skills just kind of have to get by. And um, that was never made more clear than when the pandemic hit and everyone was forced to go virtual. I mean, look at us here right now, instead of a podcast booth, we're all in, uh, we're in a virtual environment recording this podcast. So like this wouldn't be possible unless, you know, the three of us here had the technical skills to be able to do this. Not everyone has those skills and as such, they don't have those same opportunities. Um, so just to kind of wrap up my tirade a little bit, <laughs> I'm a bit of a rambler, so you're ready for that. Um, But right now, our focus is uh, digital advantage, which is three tiers. We want to aid in digital education. We want to introduce people to using a computer, using the internet, and kind of breaking down that language barrier that they've built up over the years that's stopping them from reaching their potential. Uh, Secondly, we want to make internet cheaper for them and the government's helping us. The government just put out a program this year called the Affordable Connectivity Program, which I'm sure I'll talk about like this entire show. Uh, But if not, it's $30 a month off your internet, look it up. Um, And the third leg of this is to uh, redistribute refurbished computers to those who can't afford one. So I hope that's uh, I hope that's a, a short description of what we do here. If my
0: boss is on the show, we'd be here for hours. So be happy
1: you got the short version.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll get a little bit more detail out of that still. Um, you know, so you mentioned being a makerspace. Um, you know, I think a lot of us really want to get involved with sort of the things that you can do in a makerspace. But um you know, how would you recommend for someone listening right now to get started utilizing the space at the Oak Collaborative and getting involved there? It's an excellent question. Um,
1: the first barrier or the first hurdle is just getting to know about the place. So if you're listening to this, congratulations, you now know that there is a makerspace on the south side of Youngstown. Um, that is our biggest struggle in getting people involved here is that they just don't know that we're here. Um, The next step in getting involved in your local makerspace is really just kind of getting together a support group, Uh, get your friends together, get people that you work on projects with together and kind of think, what could we do there? What could we make? Because it's not enough to just come to the makerspace. We have to come here with intent, with an idea to make something, because that's what the space is for, is to start a project from finish the end. We just give you the tools, the space, and every once in a while, we'll have some answers to questions you have. But uh, more often than not, I find myself learning from others in that in that endeavor. Um, so get a group, get an idea. And once you have your idea, identify what tools you need to accomplish that idea. Because every makerspace is different. We're not going to have every tool that you need, even though, you know, that's one of our Bragging rights is is that we have a pretty diverse makerspace. We don't have a whole lot of energy tools, for example. And if your project is you want to make a better renewable source of energy that involves batteries, you may have better luck at the bright makerspace, which is an energy makerspace in downtown Warren, than you would at the Oak Hill makerspace. So knowing what your project entails will determine which makerspace you're going to. Another good example, um, One that's trending is that the library recently reopened and they have a kitchen maker space. I have never heard of such a thing, but essentially it's a community space where people learn how to cook, guided workshops on what ingredients to use, how to cook them, so on and so forth. You wouldn't go there to build a bookshelf, but you know, you can get some ideas together for like, you know, let's get some friends together and learn how to cook and then go to this food maker space when they're having workshops.
0: So... In short, uh, get friends get an idea come on down that's really cool um, you know I'm aware of the bright maker space uh, and what they do, but I'd never heard about the kitchen maker space either so that's pretty cool yep that's at the uh, main branch library in Mahoning okay and just to clarify that's the Mahoning County Library yes um, so you know, you said a little bit about the tools you don't have at the Oak Hill Makerspace, but what are some of the tools that you do have there? And um, I guess what do you feel like, uh, what do you feel like people can get done there if they have something that they're looking to, looking to make?
1: Another good question, man, you're full of them today. (laughs) Um, So I can go over some of the labs here and then as I go through, I'll, I'll, bring up examples of projects that have already been done kind of help give an idea um, so recently we kind of rebranded and reopened our uh, digital Learning Center which is a part of our makerspace it is a 12 computer uh, computer lab with an instructors like admin uh, TV display so if you want to give a series of talks, that part of the makerspace is great for it and you can schedule or reserve that space on our website if you want to give a series of workshops and presentations uh, that's that's one lab another one would be the robotics lab uh, the robotics lab doesn't really see a whole lot of traffic because well the of the people that would use it already have those tools or they already have a space but for those who are looking to just jump headfirst into robotics learn what microcontrollers are learn what sensors are, learn how to put them together. We already have all that there. And you can also look at some of the examples of, uh, what was it, Monon County, or sorry, Northeastern Ohio Association for Computing and Machining, they leave their robots there. So you can kind of look at what they've made, get inspiration from that for your own robotics project. Um, Moving on to the hottest labs that we've got, is a 3D uh, Printing Lab, Additive Manufacturing Lab. This one gets a lot of love because everyone understands 3D printing from a, uh, they it just, they look at it and it makes sense. Now, actually 3D printing something, uh, it takes a little bit of help and we are more than happy to walk you through the process as 3D printing is an essential function in prototyping your product if you're an entrepreneur uh, if you're a hacker and you need a case for your Raspberry Pi, you can just 3D print one instead of you know buying one online. Um, so in those ways, 3D printing kind of sneaks its way into projects, and you don't even realize it. So it's good to just know how to do that, which is why we, we have that lab open every week and encourage people to check it out. Uh, the next one would be our multimedia lab. Um, immediately before COVID hit, we started a sound lab. It was originally just a storage closet. Uh, One of our board members, um, Keith, he wanted a space for Academy for Urban Scholar students to be able to get hands-on experience with uh, audio production equipment, but they didn't want to pay the studio price, you know, because it's $50 an hour or whatever, and that adds up for students. So we kind of created a very similar environment for them to work in, and then the pandemic hit. So we... uh, we didn't really get a whole lot of use out of that there on after until we converted it into a multimedia lab because during the pandemic, everyone wanted to do a podcast. Everyone wanted to do a webinar. Zoom meetings were a plenty, So we kind of curated this space where everything's already set up. You just need to click the link and hop on. And then it just picked up immensely. We had people in there every other day doing radio shows with Rookie Radio or Hive 365. We had folks doing live streams on Facebook, webinars on Zoom. And uh, I think the most impressive project to come out of there is we actually have a homegrown uh, VTuber, or for those who aren't familiar, um, someone who, you know, records themselves and puts themselves on YouTube, but instead of taking a camera to their face, They use a virtual avatar that mimics their movements to kind of, you know, provide entertainment value. Well, we had someone who created their own uh, virtual band where they were actually performing music live using these virtual avatars, and they were using our multimedia lab to do that. So that was that was insane and uh, something I would not have expected to happen if we didn't make this a resource publicly available to everyone. And finally, I'm running out of breath. (laughs) Um, And finally, we have the woodworking area, which I've always said is like the beating heart of the makerspace. It's where it all started. Just a bunch of guys getting together saying, what can we build today? And the CNC router is kind of the, the crux of that area in that it is a computer assisted design machine that allows you to cut out wood according to a design that you have on the computer. So think like the reverse of 3D printing, where it like cuts a design out of wood rather than prints one out of nothing. So we also have power tools back there, lots of donated uh, power equipment. So if you ever need to build something that won't fit on a 3D printing bed, we got you covered. <laughs> so you know, that's, that's just about the gist of it. That's our whole makerspace. That's a, a, a virtual tour over audio, if you will.
2: I actually have, um, Anthony, a question for you. I, I've, um, I think I went to, okay, Oak Hill Collaborative once or twice in the past, and I know we've talked about it before. And you mentioned there was, um, a. And I don't think you mentioned it during your like virtual walkthrough, as you called it. <laughs> um, that there is a space for like, teaching people about computers. I was curious, is there anything, as, as someone who has kids and wants to teach them about computers, or is is there anything available at Oak Hill Collaborative for, like, getting children, like, three to five, like, young kids into, like, teaching them about tech and stuff for like that?
1: Okay. Uh, a good question, Chris. And... I'm afraid this is not going to be a simple answer, so bear with me. (laughs) So the makerspace is open to all ages, and we mean that. However, we did instate a policy that states um, children under 18 have to be accompanied by a parent or guardian. And to follow that up, a lot of the learning that happens in this makerspace is usually self-driven or it's crowdsourced in a way that we kind of learn together ask each other questions and borrow knowledge from one another, um, which is great for exposure to STEM for kids, but it is not the guided learning experience that you may want for a younger audience, especially given that their attention span isn't really, you know, tuned for self-discovery yet. Um, That being said, we have made an active effort to reach out to the schools in the area and we provide a after school or even during school computer science program called our digital advantage youth program where we'll teach them 3D printing, video game design and just kind of the basics of computer science from like binary to computer parts anything to give them exposure to the topic and from there we will typically find those who are more interested will say hey or they'll go up to their parents and they'll say, "Hey, I want to go check out their 3D printing makerspace. Can we go?" And when we see a makerspace attendee that's accompanied by a child, we typically have a few, you know, good patricians who are willing to walk them through the steps of 3D designing something and then getting it ready for the printer. But uh, as far as you know, making it more inclusive to a younger audience, that is still very much a work in progress for us, but I appreciate the question anyway.
0: So that sounds really cool to me. Um, I mean, one question I have is if someone wanted to get involved with helping, uh, helping with kind of bridging that gap of getting uh, more classes or interactive activities for children going, um, you know, how would someone reach out to Oak Hill to, to, either volunteer or try and get something started there.
2: Okay,
1: great question. We have um, we have a lot of platforms where you can kind of poke us on the shoulder. Our website's one. We do have a contact form on our website. Uh, our email is just about everywhere. So email is a good channel for it. We do have uh, a phone line. Just Google us, call us up, and leave a voicemail. But I guess a more dedicated path is just kind of being involved in the facility being involved in the makerspace and kind of bringing it up you know to the oak hill staff that are here because we pay attention to that and we are more than happy to you know a week or so later tap you on the shoulder and say hey you had a great idea for this program do you think we could meet sometime and talk that over Um, now for the technicalities of getting involved we uh, we always appreciate volunteers That being said, we understand that the exchange is not always going to be one-to-one for volunteers. You give us your time, and we will try our best to give you the resources that we have available. And as a result, we've noticed that that, that's not always enough. Or worst case, someone gets too involved, and then they have to move on in life, and then they leave this project incomplete. So to kind of avoid that, we... um, We've been working with AmeriCorps a lot to try to get uh, Vista volunteers. And it is a large time commitment, about six months to a year. But in exchange, instead of volunteering and just getting a pat on the back, you get an educational stipend, which you can put towards loans or active tuition costs. There is free daycare. There's a living stipend, which is effectively your paycheck in other terms. and just so many other benefits for being an AmeriCorps volunteer. So whenever everyone wants to get involved with Oak Hill long-term, we try to motivate them to do that because at least then we don't feel so bad for all the good that they are putting out into the world and then we're just putting our name on it. You know, They get something in return. So I hope that answered your question.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, thank you for that. Um, now, Chris, did you have anything else you wanted to ask at the moment?
2: um i don't think so i'm trying to you know it's make he he went in pretty good detail at the beginning and that was the big question that i really had Um, okay and you asked the other one he neil you asked the other question that i was gonna have
0: (laughs) so Mm -hmm. all right um so kind of pivoting the focus a little bit away from oak hill for a minute um you know, Anthony, let's talk about you. Can you tell us what your uh, history in the Mahoning Valley is? Were you, uh, you know, born and raised here? Did you come from somewhere else? All
1: right. Um, I always tell people I was born here, but I wasn't raised here. Um, I was born over in St. Elizabeth's Hospital, and then my parents kind of became Northeast Ohio nomads for a bit. Like, they didn't settle anywhere for more than a year. And then we decided Warren was okay, and I lived there for a lot of my adolescence, so... Um, that being said, it is exciting to be back here in Youngstown because there's just so much potential for what I can do here. So uh, every time I see an opportunity in Youngstown, I'm, I'm on it, you know.
0: <laughs> All right. Does that mean you're a Harding grad?
1: Uh, yes. I graduated Warren G. Harding in 2016, and then I went on to YSU for my undergrad in 2020 or graduated in 2020.
0: Um, So what about your history in tech? Like, did you start getting involved like as a teenager? Uh, Is it something you picked up in college? You know, tell us more about what got you to where you are today. Sure, sure.
1: Uh, I mean, as a kid, I wanted to do just about everything. I wanted to be an author. I wanted to be a rock star. You know how it goes. But uh, it wasn't until I got to high school that I kind of picked up this niche of technology. And I don't... I don't know if this is a parent, but I'm kind of, I'm a first generation student. So like I'm the first in my family to even consider college. Everyone else is just like a labor or a carpenter or something like that. And when I started picking up these tech skills, my whole family was like, wow, you're great at this. Go make a living out of it. And I was like, saying no more. And that's exactly what I did was um, I took the family computer. I fixed it up, repaired it. I started building websites and um my younger brother austin he was real big on video game development so he and i would collaborate on project a lot at the ripe age of 13. so i was i was coding i was making stuff and i was excited about it so that's what that's what kept me going in tech so as a result i went to ysu for computer science eventually pivoted more towards it I found that I like helping people more than I like computers. So <laughs> that's, that's my way of getting like a good mixture of both. And when I got to college, that was when I met uh, Joe Dunko and got to learn about all the wonderful goodness that is Code Youngstown. Uh, shout out to you guys. This is great. But uh, more importantly, uh, no offense, but um, more importantly, I got involved in Youngstown Penguin Hackers, which is more so known today as the Youngstown Computer Club. And they were infamous for putting on the best 36-hour party you can think of, Hack YSU. And I got involved in running that event, and I got to see like what I what i could do with all my excitement like i could actually get other people interested in technology i can encourage other people to kind of satiate that curiosity of what if i built a website or like you know i'm a doctor but what if i picked up some programming skills along the way you know never hurts the multi class um so as as part of organizing Hack YSU, I got to both like indulge in learning technology, my passion for it, and also share that passion with others. And it was also a great networking opportunity. I mean, obviously it led me to you guys, but uh, being able to run that event, be a part of that, kind of like strengthen that bond of, yep, technology is what I'm doing forever. I don't care if it's coding, hardware, IT, if there's
0: a computer, I'm there. So, (laughs) you know, so... You know, we know about what brought you to the Mahoning Valley and what's uh what brought you back as a kid, but what is it that really keeps you here in the Youngstown area?
1: Uh, what keeps me here in Youngstown is um I heard from a very young age that Youngstown is a Rust Belt, but it's about to become the Tech Belt, and something about that statement is just so grand, so inviting that I want to be here when the bubble bursts. I want to be here when downtown is lined with nothing but, uh, you know, IT services and software developers, and you know, technology is what's going to keep the city thriving. I just want to be where I want to be there when it happens, and uh, I want to take a picture of Federal Street when it's full of locally owned businesses.
0: All right, I guess uh, speaking of locally owned businesses, how about uh, one of our favorite topics to discuss? What is your favorite local restaurant? Um, you know, it could be anywhere in the Mahoning Valley. It doesn't have to be just downtown. Okay. Well, I
1: hope you don't mind if I think about that for a minute, because throughout uh, my time at YSU, I lived on Jimmy John's 50 cent bread, and I don't think I'm allowed to say that. So, <laughs> um, I, I guess if I had to put a pin on it, the, uh, the hangover helper over at the federal, oh, it's the die for, and I can't think of another place that makes a better burger. I'm a big burger guy, so uh, my, my go-to downtown is the Federal. And I guess the... Uh, God, what's the name of that place? The Magic Tree? I think it's like Austintown, Boardman, somewhere around there. They're really good. I love their drink selection, so I'd say between those two.
0: Yeah, I also really like Magic Tree. Uh, they have this sauce, Cadillac sauce. It's like some spicy... Not really spicy, but like semi-spicy buffalo sauce with like carrots and stuff in it. It's uh, interesting, but good. It It, sounds like some soul food. Yeah, (laughs) uh, it goes good on the chicken sandwich there. Um, Very nice. So, um, yeah, outside of like, obviously the office at Oak Hill, if you're working on something, uh, you know, just kind of want a different place to spend some time working. Where do you like to go around, around Youngstown?
1: Uh, you'd be surprised how, how much time I spend out of this office rather than in it. It's actually a marvel that I'm here today um, because we are a little all over the place. We're in the community, so I like spending time at our fellow community centers like Oka, and um, we've got another one that's going to be in Warren here soon. Uh, you didn't hear it from me, but we may be setting up a remote site over at TCAP in Warren, so I'm going to be spending time over there as well. But if someone asks me, like, you start remote work tomorrow, where you where's your office? I've I've got a hand at the West Side Bowl. Like, the environment's great. Um, I don't do too bad working with noise. So if there's a band playing, even better. Um, and the calamity of bowling balls and pins. I don't know. I, I feel it's just a great environment to get some
0: work done, get some good food. And all of my friends go there, so I'm a little biased. <laughs> yeah, I know Westside Bowl is definitely a uh, common place for people to go in the Youngstown tech scene. Um, in fact, it will be in the past by the time this episode gets published, but we've got the lightning talks coming up there on Tuesday, September 27th. That's next week Ooh. from the time of recording.
1: Um, and I think that's the one I'm giving a talk at, isn't it?
0: Next Tuesday? Yeah, you and I are both. Uh, Giving talks there. Oh joy! Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so um, I guess tell me a little bit more. I guess we'll kind of shift the focus back a little bit to Oak Hill. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you talked about some of the things that people can do there. Tell me a couple of your favorite projects you've seen people work on and kind of bring to completion there. Sure, I'll do that. Um now i'll start with one
1: that i was personally involved in because there were so many so many combined efforts in this project that i can't truly call it my own even though i was involved Um, we have our raspberry pi after school program that we deliver to the kids and when the pandemic hit some of us got together and we were like virtual school is really picking up like they're even sending kids home with chromebooks so to continue to deliver this program All we need to do is convert it into a form that doesn't require us to be there. So the solution came naturally to us. We're going to record a six-part video series that's about five or so hours long, You know, like any sane person. (laughs) So um, we got a crew together, mostly just some friends. We got a lot of equipment, more equipment than we had any right to be using. Uh, Lights, cameras, even the little clacker thing, you name it, we had it. And it was just such an exciting and new project because it engaged a part of technology that I wasn't really too involved in until that point, which was multimedia. So, you know, you had things to watch for that you didn't know you had to look out for. Like, uh, don't put your phone on any wires or the interference will be picked up in the audio signal. Like... Lessons were definitely learned, and I think just going through that learning journey while also simultaneously making something that we can use, that was phenomenal, and we had a good time doing it. So that's like one big project was uh, we we have a six-part video series that we use to deliver our after-school program or train new educators. Another project that I've seen that has come out of that makerspace is... mm, Honestly, the CNC router, like that is an ongoing effort to improve and, you know, make that run better because it is homegrown. It is home built. These are parts that they found at Home Depot and just slapped together. There is a wired drill being held by pieces of steel like it's and they just last week uh, they built a um, a dust collector like sheath that you slide onto the drill that then collects the dust and sucks it up into an uh, air system that they have like rigged along the ceiling. Uh, I'm making it sound like spit and duct tape, but it's, it's actually pretty sophisticated, I will not lie. I was impressed to see the, air, uh, the dust collection system, like the hand-built dust collection, uh, I think they called it a shoe, uh, that they slid onto the, uh, the drill part of the CNC router like just seeing how much time and dedication they've poured into that project just so that other people can learn how to mill things that's incredible that's great Um, other projects that i've seen within the area is um, we've done some collaborations with oh wow they are kind of the you know steam uh, learning center for kids in downtown youngstown and they will send out these little science boxes or whatever. There's like four labs in a box and they will mail them directly to the kids for them to sit down and do it with their parents. Well, uh, that is a really cool project that Oak Hill got involved in at some point because they found a lot of the materials were falling apart after one use after one lab. And the parents were like, well, what if my kid wants to build a volcano twice? And uh, we we stepped up and we were like, all right, let's find out what parts we can 3D print for low cost. You know, We will 3D print like 50 of them for you to put into these boxes. And uh, I, I feel that's, that's a very interesting project because it steps outside of technology a little bit. It gets into chemical science. It gets into environmental science. And you can see like the bridge between technology and the other sciences just through the inclusion of these 3D printed parts. It's it's just evident that, you know, technology is everywhere. It's unavoidable. So why not learn it? You know, just my two cents. But yeah, they've got a cool project that uh, we saw that
0: kind of incorporated our makerspace a
1: bit. I'd say that's three. I think that's enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, you mentioned, oh, wow, there. Um, and I know that Recently, you were volunteering at Silly Science Sunday. Um, can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Oh, Silly Science Sunday! That was that was great, and I've been saying that about just uh, just about everything, <laughs> but I mean it when I say they put on a good show. Like, I thought HackYSU was insane to organize. I do not want to be behind the curtain for Silly Science Sunday because they go big. There was something like fifty vendors there all very recognizable names so like they had the uh mahoning valley uh, manufacturing coalition they had swingy chevrolet they had you know all, all the names that you would expect to be there and a few that you didn't expect like um one hot cookie was there and they were a part of the science you know baking science i think i don't know i saw that they had a truck there i didn't really stop by um there were a lot of vendors all participating simultaneously doing some kind of science experiment and just to kind of you know walk through the fair and see that level of chaos happening all around you it's a different experience like uh at any point you are at risk of getting donked on the head with a bottle rocket that someone launched somewhere so if that kind of chaos is what you consider fun i recommend it um our our stand was humble we just brought a 3d printer I brought my uh, oh, I don't have it with me. I brought my 3D printed laptop enclosure that I built uh, just with a Raspberry Pi and some uh, retro games on it for the kids to play around with and also while they are playing you know these games, I can talk to the parents or I can talk to them and be like, if you want to build something like this, we got the tools for it. And what's cool is that they set us like right next to America Makes, which is the people that make our 3D printers. So it was like, yeah, you like 3D printers? Go check them out. They made our printers. So Silly Science Sunday was great. I recommend being on either side of the table, either volunteering
2: or just attending. It was all in all a great event. I had a a question I've never heard of. Oh, wow. Could you tell me more about that?
1: Uh, At the risk of not doing them justice, sure. Um, (laughs) I just, I have friends that work there. They tell me about, you know, how cool it is to be able to work around the kids a lot. It is a science museum for those who are unaware. And as part of being a science museum, they have interactive exhibits throughout the entire facility and it's very affordable. I don't know the prices off the top of my head, but you're not spending more than 20 bucks in the
0: door, you know.
1: For you and for you and a young one i'd say no more than 20 bucks and you are you're interacting with instruments you're making a song you're getting blown around by a hurricane simulator you're getting to play with a green screen and pretending that you're on like a news broadcast station there's just so many exhibits at this science center that it is it's almost a no-brainer for oak hill to collaborate with them because they are actively using the technology that we're also trying to get people to use, they just don't, you know, realize that they're using it. So, um, what was it? Oh, wow is also ran by. Uh, they recently took on a new executive director. Uh, I think his name's Marvin Logan, a fellow WGH grad. Represent. Uh, I think it's Go Readers. Is that what I'm supposed to say? <laughs> um, and Marvin's Marvin's a great guy. He has. He has a uh, mission in mind for, oh, wow, to incorporate more than just STEM, which is why they're doing all the arts now. And I hear there's uh, there's even more to be had with expanding the science exhibits offered at the museum. And uh, I don't know about you guys. I didn't know you could go beyond STEAM. I thought STEAM kind of incorporated everything. But they have big plans to kind of bring even... More to downtown Youngstown, and I'm excited to see what those plans
2: are. Cool. Um, I don't think that I have any new questions at the moment. All
0: right. Well, then, Anthony, I'm going to give you the uh, the controversial question: What is your oh, no. uh, what is your operating system of choice? Do you prefer Windows, Macintosh, or Linux? All
1: right. Um, Normally I'd say Linux, but uh, Adobe has a gun to my back and says Windows. So, <laughs> uh, if I had the pick, though, Linux. All right, and um... good man. <laughs> <laughs> my flavor of choice is Ubuntu, though. Don't get too excited. Oh,
0: come on. <laughs> yeah, your beard's not long enough for Gentoo. I can see it.
1: Like it's. I'm getting there, but no, I'm just I'm just a Ubuntu boy with a gnome desktop interface. I know, tear me apart arch kde
2: xfce man i i've actually been looking at that actually i've been looking at um i3 i think i3wm i think is how you pronounce it i3 is awesome
0: um yeah i to the point where i have um it's so there's a mac extension that's supposed to mimic some of the features of i3 with like tiling window management Called Amethyst that I use on every Mac I've had for like the last six or seven years. Um, it's awesome. Tiling windows are kind of life changing, even in just like workflow organization sense.
1: Oh yeah, I am. Uh, I'm an active mouse user, so like any any interface that allows me to get crazy with clicking on things, I'm all for. I didn't realize that was a controversial statement in the community, so I'm sorry if I offended anyone by saying I'm a mouse user. (laughs) (laughs) Is it worse if I say that I'm a drawing pad user? I don't know. I can use mine as a mouse, though, as like a touchpad. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, yeah, every tool has its use, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Helps me play Osu! better too, having a drawing
2: pad. I actually saw a desk recently that had one built into it. It was like a custom desk. It had like, uh, what are they? The, um, can't remember what they're called. The, going blank. The Wacom? They're really, yeah, Wacom. It was a huge Wacom tablet. It was like, probably, it was like, they had it built into the desk so that they could like mirror their desktop and like use a stylus. to type and just I was like that is that's nice I'm not even gonna lie
1: when I um when I first got into graphic design I was mostly just like drawing characters or whatever and my uh, my friend at the time had a Wacom tablet that was specifically a display and then they upgraded to one that was a whole computer like there was a whole Windows 10 system inside this tablet and i was just blown away because up until this point my experience with tablets were like ipads androids and i was like whoa what is that and she's like don't get too excited all it can run is my drawing program uh they were like i tried to open minecraft on it and it blue screened so (laughs) apps without a doubt i mean she got a deal on it but msrp it's at least five thousand
0: because Whenever there's a device with a niche, you're paying for that niche. Um, so before we start to close out the show, Anthony, um, you know, is there anything else you'd like to promote or discuss? Uh, you know, you have the floor. Anything you want to talk about?
1: All right. Um, absolutely. Uh, let me start with uh, thanking you guys. Code Youngstown is amazing, and I feel like all I've done this podcast is just endorse everyone else. But like, let me. Stop to say that if you're like on the fence, if you're listening to this and you're on the fence of whether or not to join Code Youngstown, do it. Because like I mentioned earlier, when you're starting a project, you need a support system. You need people that you can ask questions if you run into any blockers. So if you don't know anyone like that and you're looking to build a support system, Code Youngstown is phenomenal for that. And again, I can't thank them enough for letting me be on the show and speak about all the exciting things happening in Youngstown. So there is that. Thank you, guys. Um, another topic is October 2nd to October 7th. The National Digital Inclusion Alliance is going to be holding Digital Inclusion Week. And this is, you know, a U.S.-wide event. There's going to be sites celebrating it all around the country. Um, Oak Hill Collaborative is a site. And how we've chosen to celebrate is by holding a different workshop for six days straight. That is six workshops, six presenters, uh, six different topics. Uh, we have a couple confirmed already. We were talking about VTubing earlier. Uh, if you're curious what that is and what goes into that, we actually have um, one of the people from the band that was started in our multimedia lab doing a talk on the 7th about the equipment involved in becoming a VTuber. Uh, we're also going to have robotics workshops. Uh, we're going to try and get oh, Wow to do a workshop. And we may even have a uh, AWS security consultant come in and talk about how video game exploits are very similar to the exploits used to gain access into your information system. And if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what does. So. <laughs> uh, Just to reiterate, October 2nd to October 7th, keep an eye on the Oak Hill Collaborative Facebook page as we'll be putting up a schedule of talks within the next week.
0: All right. Uh, And aside from the Oak Hill Facebook page, is there anywhere else to get that information?
1: Uh, It will be posted on our website. Uh, If you're not on our mailing list, you can sign up our email mailing list on the website, uh, oakhillcollaborative.org. Uh, if you just go to contact us or go to calendar, you can get added to our mailing list pretty easily. And we'll put a mail mail blast out with the schedule. Uh, we're also on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. And we have a couple of Facebook pages. We have one for the Makerspace. We have one for the robotics lab. So if you follow any of those, we plug all of them every time. So no matter where you are, we're shouting from the rooftops. So uh, tune in.
0: All right. Thank you, Anthony. Um, So before we go, I'd just like to remind everyone that we will have just had our Code Youngstown Lightning Talks once this episode is out. uh, And we will have the winter mixer coming up sometime toward the end of this year. Planning is happening for that soon. So make sure to keep an eye in the Code Youngstown Slack for any information regarding that. That is it for this episode of the Code Youngstown podcast. We want to thank Anthony Haig for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And we'd also like to thank you, our listeners. We'll be back with another episode next month. And in the meantime, join the community on our Slack through slack.codeyoungstown.com. And be sure to like, subscribe, and rate our podcast on your listening platform of choice.